Hello and welcome to the studio. I'm Lee Sellers and I'm joined by Alan Walters and Don Lovett. And we're here to debate the question, what does the digital workplace look like now? If we can start with you, Alan, in the last two years, our concept of where and how we work has shifted for pretty much everybody in the workplace. Is this the new normal or will it revert or is it going to stay hybrid, do you think? Um, from my own experience, it, it, it's definitely going to be hybrid, but um, I, I'm very clear that on job adverts and so forth for, for, for many roles now, it, it's, ver it, it's very much case by case. The, the, the businesses that I interact with in, in all sorts of sectors are, are readjusting, of course, now to the lockdown ending and all restrictions being removed, but they've realised the benefits as well as some of the challenges during those restrictions. And, and they don't they want to get rid of the challenges, but they want to keep the benefits. <clears throat> so for those people who want to commute from sort of upstairs of their house to downstairs and, <laughs> and and use the time that's released for the company, that's a huge benefit, provided, of course, you can you know, reasonably well work from home and, and use that spare time accordingly. Um, I, I think it's very much to stay. Uh, I think the hybrid working for roles like my own I'm an IT director I need to be visiting multiple sites I can't just do it all from telecommuting from the PC like I'm, what I'm talking to you on now nonetheless um, for, for the roles that um, it can be from home I think increasingly we'll be seeing that. What are the challenges are they logistical security um, just remind us what they are for you. So uh, before we managed to begin this call, of course, we had a little bit of logistics of our own. The, 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 the technology can be challenging um, and Internet lines can be glitchy and you know webcams can misbehave, even though they're all configured and working fine yesterday. Today they don't. So certainly a technology challenge on that. Um, the logistics really just just applies to the technology when we're talking about the sorts of topics that are relating here. Uh, the 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 other sort of challenges around team building and team engagement can be real. It depends on the personas involved. For me, I don't find it difficult talking to a camera and seeing people's faces digitally rather than physically. And I don't have a lack of engagement with people in doing that. Some people do. Uh, and I think that will be a very real challenge for, for, for some, for some organisations. And that whole kind of touchy-feely bit, it is difficult to do that via a digital presence. People don't necessarily respond like I do, and and think, yeah, that's great. I, that person was warm and friendly, and and they were saying real things, and I could see the whites of their eyes. Um, it, that that physical presence is different, and it's definitely a challenge for many organisations too. Thanks, Alan and Don. Um, where do you think we are now after the last two years? I, I think we're in continuing to transition into you know better experiences. If you split. And, and really, I think uh, those were excellent points around um, your perspective. If you split it into user experience, it's all over the map. As you said, some people are comfortable. Some people are challenged. Sometimes the transition from tool A to tool B is more difficult than you might uh, expect. There are widespread reports of Zoom fatigue or you know, some some similar thing where people are feeling that they're on stage. So I've seen in the last few months, people revert to more phone calls than actual mm. web conferences. 
because you know they're they're kind of tired of putting the camera face on for <laughs> something that's you know business as usual. I think from a security standpoint, particularly in the U.S. jurisdictions, there's a lot of focus on keeping the bad guys out, keeping the good data safe. So as organizations try to link zero trust frameworks and zero trust implementations with their remote workforce, I think we're going to see continued evolution in some of the security capabilities and protections that we all want. And the third thing which you hit on is I think the difficulty of measuring performance, measuring teamwork, engagement. Um, how do you how do you manage or participate in remote teams? I think people are still evolving to some kind of new practices and maybe revisiting some things they've seen work in the past. And some companies are quite dictatorial, saying you've got to be here or you've got to work three days a week. But there is something to be said for that in person, in spite of what you say, Alan, for people actually coming together and being real people. I mean, for instance, uh, when, when we did a roundtable um, uh, six months ago on this, somebody said, when I saw people for real, I realized that two of my staff were pregnant. And you just don't know that unless they stand up. And so somebody else was new and had joined the job virtually. And someone said, I had no idea you were so tall. I mean, those are just physical things. But the, there are a lot of nuances and body languages we pick up in the real workplace, aren't there? And there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. And those water cooler moments, you, a virtual water cooler just doesn't have the same vibe. And the, oh, now that I bumped into you, I've just had a thought. Uh, exactly. You have to be much more structured and and conscious about making those interactions happen rather than letting them happen organically because someone walks past your door in the corridor or, or you walk, you meet them in the canteen and so on. So you are quite correct. The physical part absolutely still has a, a part to play. For, for me, I, I'm relaxed in either mode, but but it does require a little bit more effort to engage digitally. What does this mean for the industry's vision of the digital workplace? Um, is it uh, how much is it changing? I, I don't think you'd want to be in the commercial real estate business right now. I, I think they're going to see some structural um, repositioning, some modification, as a lot of organizations uh, lower their physical footprint in the the office space. Um, certainly, if you had a large office complex under design and under construction you'd be a little bit nervous about being able to lease it out. So I think there are going to be some winners and losers depending on the industry. If you look at what's taking place in transportation, just when people were starting to be encouraged to come back to work, now you're going to hear, um, I can't really afford the commute because the price of it has just recently doubled. Or you know, I'm willing to come in one day a week or, you know, some period, as you said, for the valuable um, collaboration and communication with people. But uh, the economics are changing along with, uh, you know, some of the post-COVID-19 um, structural changes that we've already seen. Yeah, and I think this problem of space, I mean, you certainly see it in London where I am, huge, glitzy office buildings, virtually empty. And I think some people must be thinking, 
we put an awful lot of money into that and now there's nobody in it. I mean, they might get some people back, but it it is a it is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And, and large organisations especially have multiple offices across the, the country and, and further afield still are, are, are going to feel that that pain in particular. Of course, it is also an opportunity. It, it's, it's, it's yin and yang, isn't it? That means they could potentially liquidate or sublet that building, um, that they have an opportunity to release the asset and the cost assigned with maintaining it and owning it. That can be a great advantage. Of course, that also means there's a glut of properties on the market. So now may not be the best time to be sell or, or subletting. But nonetheless, as the new balance um, finds its 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 new plateau, that 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 will also work out for those organisations potentially quite positively in time. As Don said, there are winners and losers. Yeah. So what is the role of the technology function here and how are your how is your industry prioritising this? Don? I think we're going to see um, a more rapid adoption of things like virtual reality because of the remote work. You hear a lot of hype and, you know, maybe some actual stories about um, the metaverse and, and some of the, the things that are happening. I know in some of the federal agencies like the Veterans Administration, they're doing practice surgeries in holographic uh, environments that allow people to perform better when they get to the real thing. So I, I think some of those um, holograms, virtual reality, metaverse experiences, particularly as they're um, featured in the commercial world, are going to start to to be more common in the business world. If if you look at what's happening with um, blockchain and net uh, non fungible tokens. It's a billion dollar a month business these days just to put images on a website and uh, be able to claim some providence, be able to claim some ownership. So I think we're going to see that trend accelerate um, over the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, that's interesting. Alan, would you would you echo that? Yeah, sure. Um, my, my last role was in the manufacturing sector and in terms of digital adoption. Um, manufacturing has always been historically a little bit cautious about investing in that because it, it, it typically means quite a high amount of investment in both equipment and in personnel training and time. The, the, the manufacturing sector especially is now really picking up on that. You could just say 3D printing and prototyping, but also virtual prototyping as well as Don was saying with VR headsets and the, and the like. Mm. I was looking at a system a little while ago about virtual presentations of um, warehouse layouts so you can see the feel see and, and get a sense of the feel of a layout without actually moving anything <laughs> and you can see how the equipment will flow and the materials will flow around your warehouse these sorts of technologies really are game-changing if used well uh, I think manufacturing in particular is a little bit behind on that if I'm straight but but trying rapidly to catch up and gain those benefits. So it, it very much is 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 in in their their eyes and in their sights. And I think that the coronavirus lockdown, with the advent of video um, usage in general, has really no pun intended opened people's eyes to how useful visualizations can be, in particular, to simplify and shortcut um, prototyping and other business activities. Yeah, I think um, everybody would agree that the pandemic has accelerated technology and the use thereof, hasn't it? 
Hasn't it just, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about talent drain and talent retention, the great resignation, particularly of young people, though I think there's a bit of a backlash now. People are coming back from their little pads in the country saying, I want to work in the city again. But will a well-constructed vision of the digital workplace help stem this, do you think, Don? I would go back to, you know, people aren't happy. Um, if you look, so people, people's uh, happiness index, I'm not sure if there's a great measure of that, but, you know, you just get the sense that people are challenged right now. I, I think the last two years have taught people that uh, you can't really rely on government. And so the popularity of government, there has been an annual survey since the 50s in the U.S. done by Pew Research, and it's hovering at the bottom point. So the 97% of the U.S. population believes that the government's not in a strong position to fix their problems. It, it goes up a little bit if you say they're in a position to fix some of the problems. It probably goes up to, um, you know, more like 25, 30%. But, it, you know, people aren't happy. So it is they try to couple that. I think some of the social contracts are going to be reevaluated in terms of what does it mean to be a member of the workforce? What does it mean to, to associate with a firm? So there's been a lot of talk about kind of the great freelance revolution for a number of years. I think when you couple that with the great resignation that is probably more hype than real, I think there are portions of the population that are exiting the workforce for a variety of good reasons. But I think you're going to see people take more control of their own economic prosperity and the tooling, skills, knowledge that they acquire to be able to participate in advanced capabilities. I mean, you mentioned manufacturing. When you think about digital twins, you really don't have to be on the manufacturing shop floor to be able to monitor some of the program logic controllers and some of the sensors and some of the things. So we're, we're at an interesting time. I mean, the Internet of Things with sensor and, um, and activation technology coupled with things like blockchain that allow you to kind of keep an immutable record of that coupled with artificial intelligence, which allows you to, you know, start to have the machine, if not make some decisions, recommend some decisions for you. I think we're going to see some structural changes. And what, what are your thoughts, Alan, on this? I, is, are there going to be changes in the digital workplace to adapt to this um, great resignation? But as you say, Don, I, it may be quite a lot of hype. <laughs> I, I, Don makes absolutely valid points, of course. They're, they're, they're spot on, Don. The, the machine learning, the artificial intelligence is, is, a, is a great potential technology in all sorts of scenarios. Uh, I was reading an article a little while ago uh, in the context of, of sales rather than in terms of, of technology per se, but it was talking about the win-win uh, and more accurately, it was talking about the win-lose and indeed the lose-lose and the lose-win, uh, which very few people actually talk about. We nearly always talk about in terms of um, 
just everyday speech. We talk about the win-win. There is a big opportunity for a win-win with the technologies around the digital workplace. There is also a, a risk that it'll be a lose-win. The employee lose, but the employer wins, and then vice versa, and all the permutations that I've just mentioned. The, the right employer coupled with the right technology can absolutely be a game changer for a win-win. Will it be? Time will tell. And some some employers will do extremely well from it and get the best out of their employees and get the best retention and get the best acquisition of staff. And it will be a great asset for them and they'll, and they'll they'll thrive. Sadly, some other employers will perhaps overreach or they'll use the technology in its evil fashions. And it'll end up being either a lose-win or a win-lose, or, or worst of all, a lose-lose. Um, hopefully not the last one, because that really is bad news, because it's cost everybody loads of stuff. Um, I, th I think we live in interesting times, the curse of, of the modern man and the modern woman, that that actually this is, eyes are fully open to how, how, how much improvement technology can bring. Sometimes it's relatively modest investments because we've had to do it in the in the coronavirus lockdown. My goodness, can we repeat that? We, we transitioned, you know, most of our workforce to working from home at, at relatively modest cost in a very quick period of time. Why can't we do that same transitionary process for other technologies too? And, and the answer is we can, but there has to be the mindset from both the workforce and the management and the employer side that says we're going to do it, but we're going to do it well. So managing those expectations. Well, I think as cer certainly the C-suite and the boards are more aware of the importance of technology. I wonder, finally, if, if um, each of you could give an example, a, a, a story of how the improvements, in, what improvements technology can bring. Have you got any particular cases that you could share? Absolutely. I mean, everything from a... <laughs> family with a newborn child, being able to, you know, see the child grow up because they're able to work from home a higher portion of the time, to the tremendous um, analytical capability we see some in some of the advanced um, treatment models. We've certainly seen um, tremendous processing power in um, you know, a lot of really smart scientific types work to understand COVID better. I think some of the um, results of that have been unprecedented um, timelines around the um, compound development and the ability to understand um, population trends and movement of the disease. I think that's only going to start to take off as it becomes more tailored. I mean, the, there's there's certainly are a lot of privacy issues that are in the background. Um, there there are, you know, kind of the the what type of government or what type of environment do you want to live in? I think people are asking, you know, kind of the fundamental: where do I work? When do I work? How do I work? And why do I work? And as you contrast those against some of the capabilities of the new virtual tools. I think flexibility is going to be the watchword of the day. I think you're right. What about you, Alan? Do you have any specific examples you can tell us? 
I certainly think that that the automation through um, machine learning in particular, but but artificial in intelligence more generally, has a, a big benefit to be delivered in the world world of cybersecurity specifically. I'm an IT professional. You'd expect me to be thinking about those sorts of things. Um, cybersecurity is becoming ever more the focus and, and the problem of businesses at large. It's not a question of um, if you'll get hacked or have a breach. It's when. And, and we need the tool sets as IT professionals to support and protect those businesses or react quickly to any breaches to minimise the damage that may, may be occurring. And in, in my experience, I've seen a, a, a lot of new startup businesses in particular, but, but, but established cybersecurity businesses more generally moving into that space so that they can actually, rather than constantly have to essentially teach their antivirus system, this is the signature of a particular virus, that the the technology, the antivirus system in this case, knows what it is by, by the pattern of its behaviour rather than the signature of the file. Uh, and therefore, that's a, a self-learning system. It doesn't need to be taught it's a virus because if it looks and talks like a dog, it's probably a dog, you know? No, I, I think uh, cybersecurity is is um, definitely a priority now. And for you, Alan, one of your clients is the Ministry of Defence, the housing. So, um, as you as you say, that cybersecurity is particularly important. Absolutely, of course it will be. You will be very pleased to hear that the Ministry of Defence takes this extraordinarily seriously and protects our national assets, military, and and the personnel um, extremely tightly. Um, we don't we don't have any of these trivial um, problems in the Ministry of Defence. The, the 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 serious problems remain, and they have to be rebutted. That the the, ch the challenge is to make sure that those protections continue to be evolving as as fast as the bad guys evolve. Um, for the moment, um, we're doing okay. Will that always be the case? Well, we need to be you know not complacent on that. Well, thank you both very much. Just to sum up. What does the digital workplace look like now? You've talked about, um, Don said, things are still evolving. There's no clear picture yet. There are winners and losers. Flexibility is the watchword. And I like that uh, in some cases, we're going to old school phone calls, um, but also into virtual reality and AI. And this is game changing technology. Technology can be challenging. We need team building. Um, to be in the real workplace as opposed to the virtual. And people should are taking control of their lives. I think that was very interesting. And of course, we ended on that um, priority of cybersecurity. So thank you both very much, Alan Walters and Don Lovett, for joining us at the studio.